Are you thinking about starting your own cash practice? Maybe you've already started your own practice and you're starting to realize that there's a lot to learn when it comes to business. We can be great clinicians, but if we don't understand the business side of having our own practice, we're going to have a hard time being successful in business. Guys, I wrote a book for you and I took everything that I've learned over the last five years of running successful cash practice here in Atlanta. And I put it in this book and I gave you everything that you need to be able to start and scale that practice past yourself. That book is called Fuck Insurance. And if you don't like the title, the book is not for you. If you do like the title, it's the exact book that you need to be reading right now. I show you exactly how to start. I show you what's important when it comes to marketing, when it comes to sales, when it comes to operations, and what stage you're actually at in the business. You know, where you're at, what you need to focus on while you're there, and how to get to the next stage. I'm trying to set it up in a way where you can get some clarity in your business. And the book for now is 100% free. All you have to do is go to finsurancebook.com. That's finsurancebook.com and get your free copy of the book that I wrote specifically to help you be successful in business. The book is free. All you got to do is pay for it to get to your door so that I don't lose my shirt on giving everybody all these books and sending them around the world. And again, head to finsurancebook.com, learn how to run a successful cash practice today. So here's the question. How do physical therapists like us who don't want to see 30 patients a day, who don't want to work home health and have real student loans create a career and life for ourselves that we've always dreamed about? This is the question and this podcast is the answer. My name is Danny Matei and welcome to the PT Entrepreneur Podcast. Hey, what's going on guys? Doc Danny here, the PT Entrepreneur Podcast, and we're answering a question. Um, this came through our uh, business Instagram page, actually. My wife forwarded me this question. Um, I actually don't know who it's from, but it's a good question, so I wanted to answer it on uh, on the podcast and uh, give you my thoughts on you know what this person was asking. And so, so basically, the the question is, you know, as a new professional, there seems to be pressure to get certifications with every course taken. The question that arises is, how much do our patients care? How much will renewal fees be if a person tries to maintain multiple certifications? Um, so basically, is it worth having certifications uh, and maintaining those? So I'm assuming, you know, they're meaning CSCS, uh, OCS, uh, whatever other one you want to throw into that, <clears throat> you know, from other companies that there might be. And um, I'm going to answer this in sort of a broad way as well. And uh, I guess the, the question really being, how much do certifications matter, Right. Um, and in my opinion, I think they matter like very little. Um, the only people that typically know what a CSCS or an OCS is are people that are in our profession, not necessarily patients, right? So um, I took my OCS, I don't even remember how many years ago, quite a few years ago. Um, the only reason I really did it was because in the military, you actually get a pay bump whenever you get a board certification. So almost everybody in the military has some sort of board certification because they're they're incentivized to do so. Now, you may get that from your employer. Um, probably not. But uh, if you think that's going to help, you know, a patient decide to work with you or not, it's, it's, it's probably not going to do much for you, right? And um, I think that the broader question is, you know, how much continued education do you need before you can be competent enough to see people on your own if you decide that you want to go that, that route? And uh, that's a difficult question to answer because it depends on a few things. It depends on your confidence level with the type of patients you want to work with. So 
some of this has to do with what have you done before you know, you went to uh, PT school and who are you going to want to work with, right? I'll give you a really good example. One of the guys you work with, his name is Tim Wu and Tim works with primarily cyclists. And like Tim had writ ridden on a very high level himself. He'd worked with a lot of cyclists prior to going to PT school. And uh, for him, he was able to, you know, go right into having his own practice um, very quickly after graduating. Not necessarily because, you know, he uh, he had this amazing, you know, PT skill set that he's generated or he's, he's cultivated over the last 10 years. He's a great PT, but he's an even better PT with cyclists. And so that that allowed him to springboard into doing his own thing faster because uh, he, he already had that pre-existing knowledge base and confidence with that group. Now, if somebody came in and it was like complete, you know, different, you know, I don't know, subnits, let's say a, a ballerina came in to see him with all kinds of hypermobility issues. Maybe that's not going to be his wheelhouse because of lack of, um, you know, patient volume that he's seen with that or mentorship in that area, but that's not what he sees. So when you go into practice for yourself, some of it is you have to realize who is it, who, who are the people that you're working with and do you have a unique knowledge base to work with those people? Because if you have a unique knowledge base in a specific niche, then you can have less uh, time under your belt as a clinician. And if you don't, let's say you're a generalist, right? You just want to work general orthopedic kind of sports medicine, whatever. You know, you're probably looking at, honestly, three to five years before you're really, you know, good at what you do. Not all of that is from certifications. A lot of that is from reps, mentorship, uh, you know, getting around the right people. And for some people, it's much faster than that. You know, they, they could be ready to see people on their own within a, within a year in, in a lot of cases, but it just depends on, on them, on their confidence level, uh, with themselves. But after a certain point, I think that, you know, we, we continue to dive into continued education because we are curious. We like that, right? We, we want to learn more about the human body and, and sharpen our skill set. Uh, but there's a diminishing rate of return there as well, uh, in regards to, you know, you continuing to go to a ton of courses and get these other credentials. And, and we see it all the time, you know, people that they've got every letter you can imagine behind their name. They've gone to every certification course. They've gotten every credentialing, you know, whatever that's out there. And, um, you know, and they enjoy that. And, but what do they do with it is, is really, I guess, the better question. Now they might want to just work in a clinic and just be, become, you know, uh, excellent clinician for the rest of their career. And that's fine. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Lots of people, that's the path that they will take. People that want to go out on their own and do their own thing, um, you don't have to go that route in order to have success in that uh, arena. I mean, I, I see it every day with the people that we work with. There's very few people that um, have that, you know, just really, really high-level skill set that is light years above other people in our profession. What I, what I see is a lot of people that are very passionate about working with a certain group of people. They have a defined niche, um, and they have a strong a strong skill set that goes with that. You know, people that we've seen that have gone through some structured work afterward, um, it does help, right? So again, that could be mentorship, that could be a fellowship, that could be a residency. If you feel like you need that, um, it just depends on you and and where you come out. But if you think that, let, let's say you have a business, let's put it into this context. Let's say you have a business, you're, or you're thinking about starting a business, and if you think that that next, you know number of letters behind your name or credential or whatever is actually going to help you be more successful in business, you're sadly mistaken. Like you're probably doing that because you feel comfortable with, uh, the fact that you are good there, right? That you understand that, that you can grasp it and you can apply it and you can, you can, you know, pretty much master the concepts associated with these other 
courses that you want to go to. Um, you know, in some in some cases, we have to do it also because we um, we we need it for credentialing uh, for our licenses. Uh, so you know, but if if you think that's going to help you get patients and that's going to improve your business, it's unlikely that that's going to make that much of a difference. And if you think about it, like here's here's sort of the hierarchy of value that you're creating. So at the very bottom, you know, you're you're a clinician, you're a staff clinician, um, and you focus on continuing education. This is what this question is really about. I think uh, aside from the fact that there's like recurring fees associated with holding some of these uh, uh, credentials, but you know, you're focused on clinical education because that's what you're told to do at school. You, you've just spent this, all this time at school. The people that you have the most trust in have told you all about clinical excellence and, and that you need to just focus on that, which I do think that that's what you need to focus on early out of school. You should focus on becoming a badass clinician. And after that, the next step is for you to move up to a director role, typically within our profession. You move up to a clinic director um, and from there, there's some management involved in it. So, you know, you're going to... Um, you're going to provide more value than a staff clinician. So you're going to get paid slightly more. Um, and in this skill set, you're going to work on being able to, uh, you know, have some basic management skills as well as probably mentor and help out younger clinicians, uh, a staff clinician that is improving their clinical skill set. But you're probably pretty good by that point in terms of clinical. Now, this is where everybody kind of gets sucked. They hit a crossroad, right? Of you're three to five years out of school, you're a clinic director, you're making marginally more money, you're working significantly more, you're doing some things that maybe you don't even really like that much. Where, where do you go from there, right? How do you how, how do you create time and financial freedom for yourself in that scenario? And you can't, right? So the next logical step is people look at, well, maybe I can do my own thing, or I'll start a side hustle. Um, so they go this this direction, they start you know, delving into these things, and then they get kind of confused and overwhelmed by all the different things that you have to learn uh, in that arena and how things work and the, you know, the business side of things, the legal side of things, like this is what trips people up. But really what they don't understand is the primary variables for you to be able to make that transition. If that's where you want to go and you want to get people to come and see you, it has nothing to do with credentials. It has everything to do with your ability to market and sell yourself. And when we look at uh, like uh, a value ladder, essentially, or if, if it's a pyramid, clinical skill sets on the bottom, that's the foundation, but it's also the least amount of value you're providing. You're fulfilling for somebody else that's gotten those people to come in and see you. As a clinic director, you're managing those people. So you're providing a little bit more value. So you're going to get paid a little bit more money. But if you can move up, and this is what we talk about for people that become rainmakers or clinical rainmakers, they understand sales and marketing. They understand how to get people in the door. They understand how to sell them into you know packages of services or whatever is that they're doing so they can solve the problem for them, get a great outcome for them, get more people that they know to come in and see them. And it's a snowball of that. And you drive revenue within a business. That's a very rare skill. That's a skill that needs to be acquired the same way your clinical skill set needs to be acquired. So what I see over and over again is clinicians that are around this this time frame, a couple of years out of school, and they just fall back on another certification they're going to focus on first. I'm just going to get this fellowship under my belt first, then I'm going to go do this thing. You know, but I can tell you, like, it's probably not going to make that much of a difference, honestly. If you're a pretty competent, you know, clinician and you get marginally better, um, I don't think that's going to help you too much in, in private practice from what I've seen versus understanding how to actually get people in the door, how to have an effective conversation with them, you know, how to manage your mindset when it comes to being, 
you know, turned down and, and handling all of the, the stressors and the challenges that come along with a business, nobody teaches you this in school. And primarily, a lot of it is because many of your professors don't know anything about this. They've been going down the route of research, education, you know, staying in their bubble there with that. And, and they probably, maybe they have a little side practice. Some of them do, uh, most of them don't. And what they, they, they don't understand is the variables of business, these rainmaker skills of sales and marketing and understanding mindset and controlling, you know, how you respond to things and your, your emotions and your, your anxiety that it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And which is the reason why so many of our uh, colleagues, they fall back on clinical skills because it is familiar. There's no anxiety there. It's just go to your course, you pass your test, you get your little, you know, piece of paper that you put up on the wall and you feel better about yourself. But you're not progressing your skill set to a way where you're providing, you know, astronomically more value to the marketplace. You know, you're not creating anything. You're not creating revenue. You're not driving uh, business. When you do that, now all of a sudden, not only do you provide, do you generate more value, but you make significantly more money. And I get this all the time from clinicians, and they just they're so frustrated. They're just like, man, I have a hundred thousand dollars in debt coming out of school, and I just I can't even make close to a hundred thousand dollars working for somebody else, you know, unless I'm taking this like a travel PT job or a home health job, you know, or, or these jobs that people typically didn't go to school for, uh, you know, and, and, and that's where they kind of get stuck. And the reason you get paid more there is because nobody really wants to do it. You know, it, it's, it's intrusive on your life. It's, it's working with a population that maybe doesn't give you a whole lot of energy. So how do you line up working with the right people and getting paid what you want? Right. And for whatever reason, this hundred thousand dollar benchmark is what people, associate, you know, financial success with. And, and a lot of that's a whole different conversation. It's like, what are you doing with that money? Is it a completely different conversation? But when we look at getting to that point, you know, you almost don't have a choice, but to go in on yourself, um, or work multiple jobs, if you want to get to, uh, to, to, to that point. But if you want to, uh, increase the value that provide and corresponding, uh, money that you make, you have to focus on, Rainmaker skills, sales, marketing, and and your mindset and the mental side of uh, being able to control uh, variables in your life that that allow you to drive business, whether it's to your business or to somebody else's business, uh, and and those skills are going to be way way more valuable, and they're going to change your life in a way that uh, a fellowship or you know another certification or you know whatever you want to lump in there, assuming that you are a, a pretty solid clinician, um, you, you know would do. And, uh, you know, it's just an area that is unfamiliar to many people. It was very, very, very unfamiliar to me. And I was, I was the exact same way. I mean, I ran at continuing education courses. I took so many continuing education courses, my first five years out of school. Um, a lot of it, you know, was because I had the opportunity being assigned to a couple different military groups that had wartime budgets, um, that I got allocated money to go to a lot of these things. And, uh, and a lot of them I paid for myself as well. I flew, I flew clear across the country, you know, from Honolulu to Woodstock, Georgia, to go to a dry needling course, you know, back in 2010 or whatever it was, whenever I did that, um, you know, on my own dime, because I just wanted to learn that so bad. Right. And, uh, but when I got out and I started my practice, it was a rude awakening that, yeah, it was great. But like, if you're the world's best clinician and no one knows who you are, and you have no idea how to have a conversation with them about solving a problem with them, how the hell do you expect them to show up in your office and give you money? I, it doesn't work that way. Like you have to understand how to drive people your way to use the skill set that you've developed. So that is what you have to get really clear on. And for many of you, if you're stuck in that position, if this resonates with you and you're like, damn, I feel like he's 
talking to me because I'm in this position. I'm thinking about doing this thing. I'm a couple years out. I feel pretty confident. You know, I feel like I'm stuck in the, the job that I had. Maybe you lost your job. You know, that that's another thing right now. I, we were talking to a lot of people that have lost their job. They're great clinicians and they've lost their job because they are great clinicians. They're slightly more expensive than a new, uh, new grad is. So they're going to get let go because a new grad can generate just as much money for that practice that's driving all of the new patients uh, than, than somebody that's uh, more seasoned, that is a better clinician, but is more expensive. And insurance doesn't care if you have a better clinical skill set. They still reimburse you the same as somebody that's been in practice for a day. So the decision is easy on the business owner side. So if you've been chopped you know, and let go by your business uh, that you're working for, because you fit into that situation, man, what a golden opportunity to say, well, what am I missing? What, what, what have I been told that is not correct? You know, like there's this fallacy of just be this great clinician, everything will fall in line. Well, it's just not true. If, if you really want to push past where most people are and you want to be able to take your, your skill set, work with the people you want, get paid what you want. You have to earn it. You have to also then add on the business side. And this is the whole reason, honestly, this is the whole reason that PT Biz exists, the whole reason that I have this podcast. I started this podcast because I saw this firsthand. I saw that how much it changed my life whenever I took a good clinical skill set and stacked on a good business skill set. And I just saw the acceleration of all the things that I wanted to see in terms of impact and revenue and time freedom with my family. Like that's what it's all about. And there's a lot of fear associated with me kind of diving into business education when I first started, because I didn't know anything about it. And like, who wants to be bad at something and, and fail and, and, you know, feel incompetent, but we all start there. Like think about when you started riding a bike, you didn't jump on a bike and just like start cruising right away. Like we're fearful. We're going to fall. We don't know how it feels. We don't want to get hurt. We don't want to embarrass ourselves or look like an, an idiot. And that is exactly how a lot of people feel whenever they realize that they don't know anything about business, but the only way for them to get what they want in life is to take a chance on themselves and move from an employee role to a business owner role. And that transition can be, you know, there's some turbulence associated with that typically, you know, and if, if this sounds like you and, and you fall into this category, like we should have a conversation. This is exactly what we help people with making that transition as smooth as possible, you know, applying proven skill sets that are in the clinic, not necessarily general business, which is very hard to extrapolate out and apply to, you know, the clinical setting, which is what I had to do uh, for years because there really wasn't a lot out there that was specific in particular to cash physical therapy, um, in, in particular, the performance-based realm that we function so, so much in with our practice and everybody that we work with. With. And, and these people deserve to be able to work with as many people as possible because they're awesome. They're awesome. And they help people get back to activities that, that they love that impacts their life in a really positive way. Like, why should we feel bad about making good money for that? You know, what many of you, maybe you do, you know, maybe you think that, you know, you just work for people for, for free if you could. Well, I wish that, you know, we lived in a society where maybe that was the case, but we don't, we live in a capitalistic country. Uh, and you know, you need money to buy other things it's, and, and money's just an exchange of value. So the more value that you learn how to provide, meaning sales marketing, get people in your door, charge what you're worth, help solve their problem, get their friends and family to come in and see you understand how to apply these areas to your business and organize a business in a way where you can impact more people, hire more people. And all of a sudden you're generating more revenue because you're providing more value. All money is exchange of value. That's it. So if you're solving problems for people, they're paying you for it. You're going to be financially rewarded for that. And you should sleep like a baby. You should feel great about what you do because what you're doing is actually truly helping people. And that is, that's the key. But in order to get there, another clinical skill set is probably not going to help you. Business skill set is what's going to 
change your life, period. Change your life. And I, it's, it's hard to know that without having gone through it. You can hear it from me. You can hear it from other people maybe, but, you know, there's, skeptic, there, there's, there's people that are skeptical. I get it. I was the same way, you know. But, you know, if you want to have a conversation with somebody that's gone through this, jump on a call for free. Just, you know, head to physicaltherapybiz.com forward slash call. You know, jump on a call with one of our teammates. We'll get you super clear on, you know, what your next step should be, what areas you need to improve, you know, and what you should be looking at doing over the next six to 12 months, if that's really the direction that you want to go, um, you know, and how we can potentially help you accelerate that change to really get to where you want, which is, you know, being able to work with the people you want, make the money that you want, you know, have the time, schedule, freedom, whatever it is that, that you want to do, you have to earn that. That doesn't come, you know, easily. It's not like you buy a scratch off and you get that or whatever. You know, you earn that through active work, through improving your knowledge base in another area and uh, and putting the work in, the correct work uh, aligned, uh, you know, at the, at the right things to help gain traction and momentum that pushes you towards the, the overall goals that you really want for your life, you know, which may not be being a clinic director for the rest of your life and, uh, you know, making somebody else a whole bunch of money while you just fulfill because you don't understand the other side of it that is where all the value actually is. So guys, I hope that helps. Thanks so much for the question. We'll catch you next time. Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, we are closing in on 200 views on iTunes. That's crazy. Most podcasts hardly get to 100 views, let alone 200. And this is such a niche-specific PT business podcast. That's wild. So let's try to rally the troops and get to 200 reviews for this podcast. The first thing you need to do is you got to sub- subscribe to this sucker, whether it's on iTunes or any other platform that you're listening to on, so you know when new episodes are coming out. The next thing, make sure that you leave a review. I'd love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them. It means a lot to me. The next thing, guys, take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag Tag me in it. That's at Danny Matei PT. If you do this, I will repost it. So you'll get a bump. I'll get a bump. We'll share this information with a lot more people because that's the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of a lot more people. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, tag me in it, and I will repost it. So here we go. Let's try to get to 200 reviews for the podcast. Thanks for listening.